Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> this episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seika Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night for those of you listening across the globe. Let's start with a practice we've started with many times on the show and check in with how do you feel? So bring your attention inward in any way you can and that might be just for a few seconds because of whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to the show. If you can, though, actually just stop, whether you're standing, seated, lying down, and just take a couple of really deep breaths, breathing in, filling from collarbone to pubic bone, or thinking or feeling as if you're doing that. So use your belly, and as you exhale, gently tighten your abdominal muscles towards your spine, and let it all out. And do that a couple of times, and just follow your breath couple more, I should say. So in the end, this is going to be a few breaths. I know, I'm asking an awful lot. But I want you to just continue to breathe. Just see how you feel. You might even be agitated because I'm asking you to do that or because my joke wasn't funny to you. Fair enough. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm unaffected by that. I want to know how you're really feeling. So be honest. Be honest with you, and then you can be honest with others. All right, so you've taken at least, you know, three or four deep, good breaths. If it was a lot more than that, I want you to think about slowing down. Think about bringing your breath to a place when you are consciously breathing of four-second inhale, pause, four-second exhale, pause. Okay, so... How are you feeling? Tell yourself the truth. So I'm achy, cranky. I'm awake and happy. I'm meh. That could be your answer. I mean, I get that sometimes it's almost a sound. Like how I feel is meh. Or how I feel is yeah. Or how I feel is meh. You know, and Katya, my daughter and I talk about this a lot. Where, you know, how you feel could be just a sound, and and it's helpful because, of course, she's standing in front of me, so I can see how she feels on top of that, which is, again, um, those of you that have been listening for a while know that I'm still getting used to the fact that you can't see me. I still use my hands, I still use gesturing, my face, and I know that you can't see it, and I doubt it comes across, unless you know me really well, doesn't come across. So bear with me. So how are you feeling? And being honest with yourself. That is the beginning of what we are going to talk about today. Being awake. I like awake more than aware, but it's the same thing for a lot of people. Or they are together. You can't really be aware if you're not awake. Um, or they're intertwined. 
when we talk about conscious, we're going to need to know honestly what's going on in the moment. And so before we go any further, I just want to recap a little bit on uh, last week's show and the do something rather than nothing. And I just wanted to remind you that if you have you know, done that homework and haven't contacted me yet, please let me know anything you can contribute to that conversation. So uh, kimtalkradio at gmail.com is a really good way to get in touch with me, and I will listen to radio show um, ideas. Maybe you want to be on the show. We can talk about that. Uh, And just things in your practice that are working and, and are not working are really helpful. For each and every show, it's helpful because there is someone else out there that has felt, you know what, I keep hearing that, and I think you do too. I'm going to turn off Facebook. I ha- happen to have it still on, and so it's off now. So that will stop happening. Okay, so it's important because other people out there feel the same way you do. It might not be your exact experience. Well, how could it be? Uh, at, at the same time, it's really helpful to other people. And I think sometimes we feel like our experience is insignificant, even though it's incredibly huge and and dramatic, sometimes traumatic in our lives, or um, you know, feelings of total elation that we are not sure that we're supposed to feel because we don't know if anyone else feels that. Uh, these are the things we want to be talking about on the show, and these are the things that can't be exactly duplicated in two people. However, you can have two experiences that are similar enough that you learn something from each other. And I'm hoping, I guess, more than anything on this show that we are all learning from one another more to create a more beneficial environment for growth, development, and what we're going to talk about today, consciousness. So it's interesting. When I started to think about doing conscious, it was the word was the word was conscious for me when I was thinking about it. What in a show? What do I? What am I thinking about? And often, what I do, um, and those of you that have been listening for a while know this, I just go to Merriam-Webster dictionary and find definitions, and I kind of start there. And that just happens to be the dictionary that I turn to first. I usually check in more than one place when I can um, because sometimes I'm doing it with, like I have the American Heritage Dictionary. You know, it's like it, that's on hand and that's actually still a book. I know it ages me, but it's the truth. I have the actual hardback dictionary, both Merriam-Webster and American Heritage, although Merriam-Webster, I also now access on the internet. So, sorry, total uh, sidebar there. <laughs> but it, I, I do like the idea that I still have these books and that they're hard and 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 they're these are older. So these dictionaries are older, which I I find I guess a sense of wisdom in because this has stood the test of time. Because the words that I look up are in the newer versions of the dictionary. So. Um, I just love the smell of old books, and 
the idea of having books on a bookshelf. Anyway, coming back to conscious, when I looked it up, the first thing that happened for me is what I'd like to share with you today, and that is I would read a definition. I would read, you know, the medical definition or the medical use of the term. I'd read the examples, even the origin, and I would just sit and and, and think about it for a moment. Like, what what is what does that mean for me? Now, before we get started, I want to get clear on feelings versus thoughts, or to feel versus to think. So, on one hand, when I talk about feeling, and this is the difficulty with um, the English language, and hey, if you've got another word for these that makes a whole lot of sense and is even more uh, pointed to what I'm talking about, email me, kimtalkradio at gmail.com. So <clears throat> when I think thinking and feeling, there's two things that come up for me. The first one is very mind-oriented or very, I guess, left-right-brain-oriented and male-female-oriented. That, that that tendency for men to think and women to feel, that doesn't mean that all of them do. Calm down if you're getting really heated here. I'm, I'm just talking about, you know, years of reading and exploring and researching. These are the things I found out. And, uh, you know, horoscopes, also looking at that, there's a little more tend towards thinking or feeling. Um and so there's that piece, and then there's the second piece to me, which is a, a real feeling or intuitive hit. You'll hear me say that, those two words together to describe it. An intuitive hit, a knowing, which for, for many, actually any of the people that I've talked to that are really tuned into this, I mean really all of them, I always like to give that margin of error, so all makes me uncomfortable, but close to all of the people that I know, when I talk about that kind of feeling, that's the right one. That's the correct one. That's the real one. How about that? Real. I like that better. Real one. And the thinking can get in the way of that, meaning that now your mind's kicking in. Uh-oh, I got to pull this apart. I got to think this through. I got to, and 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 a lot of times I've got to argue this, which I am not saying is a bad thing. Go ahead, go through that process. You have a mind, use it. You have a brain, use it, and then come back to: Is this a true intuitive hit? Is this a feeling, a knowing that? What is truth is this, and you go with that. That tends to be a body hit before a mind hit, and I say that again because I'm coming from the American culture. I'm coming from a place of, that those two things are separate, and I want to also have others that hear that, that understand that. That could be the Western world in general, or it could be just a human thing. I... I, I'm, I'm separating the two only in the sense that the knowing and then the thinking gets in the way. So trusting your body. This is what's actually happening. My mind may try to talk me out of it, change it, or support it even. 
it doesn't really matter. I need to be in the stillness that allows me to know. Okay, so having the definitions in, in the context of this show understood in two different ways for thinking and feeling, I'm going to do my best to be uh, conscious or aware enough to let you know which one I'm talking about. So when I thought about doing this show, I thought, I got to look at the di- I got to look at the dictionary. I got to look at the definition. See, you know what happens, and then I just sat with each one and had a moment to think about what it meant. And so I I thought it might be a good. Uh, we'll just do it for the word conscious, but we're going to do that a few times on the show because I would be interested in hearing if your what you felt, what happened for you when I read this. So, and and please, if you want to email me and say a couple of words, like, I felt this, or a few words, I felt this, that's okay. Anything, anything you can give me as feedback is helpful. So do it in your shorthand if you want. I'm, I'm, you know, as long as I can understand what it is you're trying to say, I will take it. Okay, so, conscious, adjective, clearly. It says, awake and able to understand what is happening around you. Aware of something, such as fact or feeling, knowing that something exists or is happening. Known or felt by yourself. So I'm not going to give all the full definitions, but I'm going to read some of them because they go. They have a, they have basically the basic definition, and then they have full definition. The first one is perceiving, apprehending, or noticing with a degree of controlled thought or observation. You're conscious of having succeeded, or was conscious that someone was watching. Capable of or marked by thought, will, design, or perception. Done or acting with critical awareness. For instance, a conscious effort to do better. Being concerned or interested. Marked by strong feelings or notions. So examples of um, conscious, and this is this is where it got interesting for me. So again, just notice how what you what you think about. Is the patient conscious yet? Was he fully conscious when we found him? The chances of being admitted conscious to a hospital without being pressed to produce a living will have become virtually nil. This was Joan Didion, New York Review of Books. So, okay, keep. let's keep going. So related to consciousness, or to conscious, synonyms, alive, aware, mindful, apprehensive, And then the example um, of consciousness and, and um, you know, the origin. 
uh, of consciousness and other psychological terms. I mean, these are all available to you on Merriam-Webster. I don't want to take up too much time in the show with that. I wanted to just hopefully get you thinking about looking at words so that when you're using them, you become more conscious of what you're using. And so the first thing that happened for me, since since I asked you to share, I'm going to go ahead and share. What happened for me is that I thought of this as, you know, I go into this as a mindfulness practitioner, a yoga practitioner, a true yoga practitioner. And I think of conscious, you know, awake and able to understand what is happening around you as being, you know, what am I doing? You've heard me say that on this. What am I doing? Where am I? What's happening now? Um, and I felt like at first when I was reading the examples that it it was a little bit more of a medical term. Or, or how about this? I thought of it in terms of a medical term. And that is also important. So if you think of it in a medical term, if you think of it in a first aid, sorry, CPR first aid, you're, if you're get, being trained on that, and I'm going to really encourage my listeners to do that. Get CPR with first aid preferably, but an AED training. Definitely, if at bare minimum, CPR training. It can save a life. And it teaches you something about awareness. I'm gonna, I am going to take a little uh, tangent here and talk about that again. You know, I got re... Um, certified CPR early in September. And one of the things that I always realize when I go, and I go every two years, I have to for what I do, uh, that you you learn so much about awareness, being aware in a moment and nowhere else. And you're not even really thinking ahead other than how to get help. So it's very pointed and purposeful. The other thing that came up in in the class when I took it this time that I really was aware of is how it's hard to take charge in that moment. You're you're worried about are you going to do the right thing, say the right thing. And it doesn't matter because a life is on the line. You tell people what to do. You worry about, you know, um social graces later, you know. And you can learn something from every experience, but the bottom line is somebody is dying. So none of that really matters. We need to do what we need to do to take care of this person. And so one of the things we talk about in that, coming back to uh, conscious, is is the person conscious? Because if they aren't, it changes how you are going to respond in the situation. And in this case, it is kind of a reaction and a response, isn't it? So you're doing the best you can to think it through beforehand, which is why you continuously get the training, why you continuously go over in your head what can happen so that you have something to fall on should it happen. We hope it doesn't. Uh, but So coming back to conscious, when I think of conscious in a more... Um, expansive way i think of no understand awareness a knowing of what is going on now 
conscious of what I feel in my body. So it says, aware of something, such as fact or feeling, knowing that something exists or is happening. Known, And the next one is known or felt by yourself. I find it interesting that of the three, if you really think about it, even though my mind first went to only medical terms, you know, uh, known or felt by yourself, like you know you're awake, meaning not asleep. Awake to me in the yogic sense is, is, a, is a, an expansive thing, like an, uh, an awareness that there is more going on all the time than just what is known to me. Sorry, what is uh, thought by me, what is believed by me, um, or what my belief system is. There's something larger going on and tapping into that. And, and, and that takes a real responsibility. So let's come back to conscious. We defined conscious. We've talked it through a little bit on some of the feeling that I had there. Hopefully you were talking yourself through it and you're going to get in touch with me on that because I would like to hear about it. Um, you are also welcome today to call in 347-677-0699 if you'd like to talk about it. With the new time, um, you know, that may be even more difficult for some of you that do contact me. Uh, and I apologize, but it is going to be a better thing for uh, for scheduling purposes. So, in going back to uh, medical versus energetic, so we want to realize that we, today we're going to tap into both. It's like, yes, I want you to be awake, aware, know that you are able to understand what is happening around you. Uh, so you are not passed out on the floor. But I want to go a step further. And how aware and awake are you to what is going on around you and how you are tapping into that energy and how you are contributing to that energy. Contributing is a huge thing. When we give, it feels good. Don't lie about it. There's a great Friends episode on that where Phoebe is trying to convince Joey that there is a selfless good deed. And and right away I agreed with Joey, which is not usual, but um, I agreed with Joey there isn't one. And she goes as far as, you know, I let a bee sting me. He's like, and then the bee died. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's hysterical. If you get a chance to watch that and you need a little laugh therapy, that's a good one. And it also, I think, has a valuable lesson in it. When we give, when we contribute, it feels good, and that's okay. Because, you know, in other shows we've talked about, why is it so hard for us to experience joy? It's okay to feel good, especially when you're contributing to the better benefit of the, 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 your society or your tribe, your society, therefore your nation, therefore the world, therefore the universe. How can it, what, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Contribute, please. Be in gratefulness and contribute back. So, being conscious just in and of itself contributes to something we'll talk about social consciousness in a minute. 
consciousness and then social consciousness in a minute. Remember, awareness and responsibility are what truly lead to freedom. Some people call this freedom in terms of like a heaven and hell kind of situation. So being heaven, some people call this enlightenment. And some people, like in America, some people call it what we're founded on. Yet, I see a real lack of responsibility and accountability to the whole. Therefore, we don't have the freedom that I think we believe we have. That I am going to go back to that. But I wanted to throw that out there because we have such potential in America to make such an amazing uh, or, or become such an amazing model for the world. And because I happen to be an American, of course, I'm going to hold my own up to that standard, although I have friends all over the world of all of all nationalities, and I ask that you do the same. Uh, that we 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 need to have some sort of conscience in order to have responsibility or to take responsibility. And and I think they kind of go back and forth. It's like you have to have the awareness that you need to take responsibility, and you need to take responsibility of your awareness in order to have freedom. It's a perfect equation. Um, at least it is to me. It might not sound that way on the radio. Um, and uh, so, as you can hear, I'm a little stuffy in my head, so sometimes um, I get a little, I, I feel almost a little bit fuzzy when I uh, talk, and it's a very strange feeling. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a break um, and both of these um, public service announcements have to do with awareness. And so I really ask that you listen to them, think on it. We'll come back and we'll continue the show. This is Healthcare 411, information for better health. About 17% of U.S. kids and teens are obese. ARC research shows weight management programs such as those offered by some schools or healthcare centers can help. But becoming healthier takes commitment. ARC director Dr. Carolyn Clancy explains. There is no clear-cut solution that works for everyone, but it does help to have the whole family adopt healthy habits early to reduce the risks of any member becoming obese. All parents should continue to encourage their kids to adopt healthy habits such as getting daily exercise and eating a healthy diet. Be a good example to them. It's one of the greatest preventive health gifts you can give to your family. Order a free DVD from ARC, available online at ahrq.gov slash child slash dvdobesity.htm. Healthcare 411 is produced by ARC, the agency for healthcare research and quality, part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I'm Deborah James for Healthcare 411. Did you hear he tried out for the school's basketball team? He'd make a better ball than a player. Yeah, he's so fat, the only exercise he gets is running after the ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the new girl in English today? She's so ugly, she could make onions cry. She must like to conserve energy. She clearly gets stressed in the dark every morning. Not funny? Well, neither is cyberbullying. What you may think is just a harmless joke could really hurt someone's feelings. 
think about what you put on the internet. It's no laughing matter. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com with your host, Kimberly Knauf, your spot to practice living in awareness. Oh, thank you again, uh, Restita De Jesus, for that. Uh, she calls it the Kim spot, Kimberly's Intentional Moment spot. It is so true. Living in awareness. That's really what this show is about. And when she first made it, I felt like, oh, is it a little too ethereal or what some folks like to remember I talked about, you know, sometimes it's a sound, a woo-woo thing. And, you know, the thing is, is that the more I look up, you know, things like conscious or consciousness, awareness is important it's real, and quite frankly, it is the responsible thing to be practicing. So it, it, it is a, it's more succinct or a little more left brain or thought-provoking than just, you know, your woo-woo feeling kind of thing. So I want to be clear on that. Living in awareness, we are really being aware, like what's happening. Or, um, you know, in the past I've studied with Restita de Jesus, and I know that one of the things that she continually uh, practices and talks about is awareness of your surroundings, because she's a martial arts teacher. So, you know, who is in the room with you? What's the feeling you're getting from that? And can continually staying aware of that. Um, and, you know, when I think of cyberbullying, you know what? I know those were kids that, that were talking. I see pretty regularly what I would consider a passive-aggressive adult cyberbullying that goes on. And... It's it's it, it's it's kind of sad because it really is about needing control, and you're not going to control somebody else, so it doesn't really matter. And if you do, it's only because um, somehow you have instilled or they have allowed you or something else to instill enough fear in them for them to cave, and that's that's not contributing. So we come back to that word, contributing. I think that being conscious helps us contribute usually, unless there's some sort of psychopathic or sociopathic um, abnormality going on, in a good way. Um, And that can be a psychopathic or sociopathic abnormality in a moment. So I want to, that's like that, you know, for the, common person and then there's also the full-on diagnosis which is a a much more grander scale so we so when I think of cyberbullying it's like just be be aware of what you post on the internet Um, how are you contributing that's what you want to ask how are you contributing are you just trying to take a stand to take a stand or is there something that you really want people to hear? And, and you know, Salvatore and I talked a little bit on the show. No, actually, we really have talked many shows about this. The, but one show we actually brought up the words that change happens versus evolution or via evolution or revolution. And how many revolutions 
are worthy. Most things need to change and evolve slowly and at their pace so that it's real. And that takes patience, which, you know, when you're living in an all-or-nothing mind, is going to be almost painful to practice. And it is the reality of things. So, you know, you can you can choose to walk through that pain, start to practice, and then it becomes less painful. Or you can try to avoid it knowing that it doesn't matter or revolt. And both of those will be far more painful and take a whole lot more energy. You know, I just like to call it as it is. That is how it goes. When you sit in a passive-aggressive place wanting everyone to just be on your side, you consume so much more energy and usually in, well, not usually, many times in a very dysfunctional way because it's it's depleting your energy and at the end of the day, you're not feeling rejuvenated at all by the outcome because all you're going to get is pushback. It's kind of like revolting against a, a huge business or organization. They are not going to hear you. You're going to work your tail off and not much will change versus how can I practice in my day-to-day life in a space of evolution that makes and creates the changes that would make this a more um, productive and compassionate world space. So uh, one of the things that came up for me when I was also looking through the definitions, well, wait, before we go there, let's go to consciousness definition. Because I think it's important for us to think about that because I'm going to talk about the word social consciousness Um, So consciousness, the condition of being conscious, the normal state of being awake and able to understand what is happening around you. We just heard that. A person's mind and thoughts. That's interesting. Knowledge that is shared by a group of people. This This is where we get into the more social consciousness place or the socially conscious place. When we're socially conscious, we're usually concerned with a group of people. That group can be very large, it can be very small, but we're concerned about that. Full definition of consciousness. The quality or state of being aware, especially of something within oneself. The state or fact of being conscious of an external object, state or fact. Concern for some social or political cause. The state of being characterized by sensation, emotion, volition, and thought. The upper level of mental life of which the person is aware as contrasted with unconscious processes. That's interesting, too, when you think of both the medical or, I like to say, the more left brain, the thought, conscious, or the... um, No, that's not the right word. It's not thought conscious. It's more the, uh, I guess, physiological um, or physical even consciousness. Are you present? Are you awake? Are you aware that you are alive and breathing versus being unconscious and passed out on the floor and, and unaware? 
But this last one, the upper level of mental life of which the person is aware as contrasted with the un, or with unconscious processes. Um, that's actually, I think, a very good connection between the more energetic or yogic state of consciousness or awareness um, and the what I've been calling medical. Examples of consciousness. The medication caused her to enter an alters, altered state of consciousness. The events have become part of the national consciousness. He hopes that he can raise public consciousness of the disease. I'm having trouble reading today. I'm telling you it's because when you're stuffy, you automatically feel fuzzy and everything else is fuzzy. Um, so in in the examples of consciousness, I even get that place of human conscious versus beyond that, meaning knowing that there's a larger state of consciousness and awareness. So when I'm talking about social consciousness, I'm going to talk about both. Um, before I go there, I'm going to talk about, or I'd like to talk about, that life, to me, this is something I've thought a lot about over a lot of years. Life, to me, is a mix of art and science. I know. You're thinking, well, you had that thought. So have I. So have millions and billions of people or beings across the universe. Yes, I know I'm not alone in that. For myself, I like to define that a little further. And science to me, so if life is a mix of art and science, science to me is like the physiological changes that we know happen in the practice. So I always go back to the practice. What are we doing? What do we do every day to stay in the state of awareness and, and therefore consciousness of what I'm doing and how I'm contributing? So when we do, uh, you know, um, when I say to take 10 deep breaths and smile, I'm not expecting that all of a sudden you're going to be happy. And I'm sorry if you thought that's what I meant. What I meant was is that staying in the place of anger um, and fear, uh, wanting control, frustration, you know, all those things that just tap into our energy and actually don't get us anywhere if you take 10 deep conscious breaths and get clear with how you're really feeling and you put a smile on your face, you have tipped your nervous system and endocrine system, therefore every other system in your body. And this is what we know to be true because these two systems are the electrical and the hormonal systems of your body. You have just tipped it in a more balanced place. You may not feel great you will feel even a minor even if it's minor sense of relief you might all you might actually switch all the way into happiness you don't know so why don't you just practice it keep practicing it and take what you get you know something rather than nothing when you take the 10 deep breaths you take that you you, you begin that smile you change the energy therefore coming back to today's show you are contributing to the consciousness or you are contributing to the energy, the awareness of all beings. So 
so we can even go universal. I know that's so ridiculously out there for many people. Go ahead, bring it back to just your tribe, your family, if you want to go even smaller. Well, I don't know. That depends. Some families are huge. I guess whatever it is, tribe, family, your direct family who's living in your home, you can bring it all the way back to there. When you shift what's going on for you in a beneficial way, you are contributing to that same change, that same shift in everything, everyone, allness, everythingness. And so I do say that with the sense that we go back to a sense of responsibility to awareness and awareness of your responsibility so that you can have freedom. You can have freedom when you're locked up. You know, Nelson Mandela is a perfect example of that. Um, You know, he had freedom even in his years of incarceration. Freedom is yours, but you have to be accountable and responsible and aware. So when I come back to having a social consciousness, it's the understanding that what I'm doing is contributing to my tribe. I, when I say social consciousness, I want to be super clear just because I've looked it up on the Internet, you know, just in case you're doing the same. And I also know everybody has their own kind of definition for everything. Um, What I mean right now in the context of this show and most times is that we are thinking about more than just ourselves as a human being. We are thinking beyond, I need to get rich, I need to get powerful, I need to take over. We're thinking in more of a space of how can we be productive? How can we help each other? How can we have fun together? You know, this isn't just about duty. This can also be about that because I take that sense of duty or that sense of um, responsibility, I contribute to the times where we can have immense joy and just really enjoy the joy because we have been responsible and uh, and are able to take the time to do so. That's hard. I know that's not easy. I never said it would be. Um, and I've never said any of this was easy. I have often asked you to look up in the dictionary the difference between simple and easy, because this is simple. It's just simple. You know, practice this. Now, the practice isn't always easy. So we come back to, I, I, I define science. So we have physiological changes. Life is a mix of art and science. Art, to me is the practice itself. I know it sounds funny because they're saying art and science. Well, actually, that's on purpose, art and science, because it's interconnected. And art is the practice, like, what is it? How are you making this up every day? And using your artistic abilities to make it up. How how do I really want things to be? How do I want to present myself to the world and myself? What do I feel? Let's start there. What do I really feel is important? And how do I really globally, 
not how do you and your mind gain control, but really globally, how do you make that happen? How do you create a social consciousness? How do you create an awareness to what you've what you really feel, not believe, feel, know to be the right or the thing to do practiced in friendliness and without harm uh and 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 make those changes and realize that that can happen over a long period of time it might take you a decade and i want you to really think about that the stuff that you do today might take a decade for that to really settle in with all those years of practice what i can tell you is that when you practice that regularly you will benefit yourself to the place where you become more and more honest with yourself, which is why it takes a decade and not two or three or four decades because you get better and better and more keenly aware of what steps you need to take, what it is you need to be saying, what it is you need to be doing in order for those changes to happen. And, you know, you make your mark. I think that's part of the fun of being human is that we kind of want to make a mark on the world. What is my purpose? We talk a lot about that. Um, and energy is always ever evolving and, and free-flowing. So if it's free-flowing, let it go. Let's, let's see what happens this round. Um, and, you know, one of the things that's been the most disturbing to me, and again, you know, you, you, you know I hope that everybody can understand that because I am an American, I, I have strong feelings towards my own country. I the the thing about our what we call quote unquote health care is um is sad. We are making changes. Um hopefully those changes will stick and continue in a certain direction where we are caring for all of our folks in our country. Um because that's the socially conscious thing to do. Um, otherwise, don't call it health care. And, and, and quite frankly, don't call it health. Here's why. I've had three people in one week. One week. It's not that this hasn't happened before, but I just wanted to show you how, close how, how in close proximity these three people are. Not only are they close to me physically, they're close to me energetically and they and and they're in the same nation have had trouble getting the medications that they need and the medications that they need are life altering in such a way no they won't die and that's it i'm going to leave it there they won't die what like and medications that um and and this has happened time and time again. This is not because of Obamacare. It's it it it, it is the fact that we have for profit um insurance companies. And why I say this is I'm not I, I don't know really what to do. What I know is that we need to be socially health or socially health conscious. And because we're a nation because like it or not, you don't have to like every single person in this country, but we are a nation. 
which is one huge tribe, if you will. And we need to care about the collective. The fact that, you know, people have trouble getting medications at any time and again, this has happened over decades, is ridiculous. It's like you want to, if you want to sell it, then you need to make it accessible. And if you're not going to make it accessible, uh, you know, then I'm not really sure what, what the point is, um, economically or otherwise. Uh, because, of course, they're not paying for the drugs that they're not getting. But bigger than that, we don't, we don't want to prey off of one another. We want to help one another. That's why it's called health care. Health is in there, which means that we're healthy to me. I guess maybe that's the problem. I'm thinking of that that way, in a healthy way. Um, and care means we actually care about it. Not just care about how I can you know, benefit from this, but we care about it. And the reason I get so heated on this is that it just seems so so silly for a country that as free as we are um, doesn't as a whole take the responsibility for the health of, of the whole system, the health of the whole together. And, you know, you're always going to have your people on one end and way on the other end. I'm asking that we come to a more centered place, and that's worldwide too, but a more centered place of understanding that Everything we do, so if we say, well, it only matters that I'm taken care of, that trickles out. That trickles out. When we say, I care that we succeed as a whole and um, that, you know, I'm not saying that money isn't important, but that it isn't the only thing that's important. Um because, you know, as powerful it is, as it is, it's also debilitating. That kind of power is debilitating because it's not necessarily always contributing in a good way. It can also be invigorating when it is contributing. So, I, you know, I, I've got no grief with money. Uh, I just want to be clear that when, when we come from a place of what is best for all of us, we need to come from the place of what is best in the wholeness, that entire state of awareness, not just monetary. And, and 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 again, I didn't disclude it either. I want it included in the mix. It isn't at the forefront. It's a part of the whole. And how am I contributing today? Thinking about that. And how often do you think about money? We've gone through some serious, difficult economic times. How do you feel about it? And getting real with that. You know, I just really want money so that I feel like I have power. Well, tell me how much power will it give you? Yes, you need enough to survive. I got that. When you're in survival mode, there's no way to thrive. You're just surviving. So we want to get to the place where we all have the chance to thrive. But we want to, in that process, not step on other people. We want to make sure that we are... that we're being compassionate instead of pitiful. We are um, raising an awareness to, to that which over the long term makes a difference. 
not just in my short term? And how can I do so and and continue to contribute to my society, my tribe, my family, my nation, my world? So I know I just kind of went on a long tangent there, but the reason why I brought up the whole healthcare thing in the United States is that it's been such an issue in the last few years. It has been an issue actually for a long, long time. Um, because if you're in the United States and you get really, really sick or you get really, really injured, and even if you have decent insurance, get ready because it can bankrupt you. Some people go homeless. It's 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 ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. And I am not sure how to fix it, but I would like for us to be thinking about how to fix it. Um, and think about it together, not just beating up on each other for each other's ideas, but how can we come together and contribute to the health of our nation? When we are healthier, we're actually going to flourish more. Doesn't mean we don't have places for leaders and followers. That's the nature of things. There are leaders, there are followers. Or there are, I like better, there are leaders and there are implementers because they're not really followers. If you're just following along for the sake of following, oh my goodness, wake up. Name of the show, wake up, are you conscious? Because if you're just having somebody lead you around, you're not actually conscious. But if you are implementing, if you're saying, oh, the leader sees this vision and, ooh, I really like this vision and I want to contribute to this vision, here is how I will actively do that and go forth from here. So to me, our healthcare system may be on the mend, has a long way to go, and how and, 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 and even in its mending process, there are people that are falling off to the side because it's imperfect. How can we contribute to having that continually roll in a way that, that brings about better health in our culture? And if you don't want better health in our culture, I really go inward and sit still with that. What is that? Because I don't understand it. Um, and, you know, and you're welcome to write in as well. You may write in. Kim Talk Radio at gmail.com. Okay, so I need to wrap up the show. So I want to talk about what we're going to practice. Number one, be honest with yourself. What are you actually feeling? What are you actually believing? What are you actually doing? As often as possible. When I say do something rather than nothing, my gosh, that to me is huge. Do that. The other thing is, is that like just getting into a simple backbend, putting your arms up um, on the side of a doorway or up high on the doorway or down at the sides and just leaning into it and opening up your heart center, your chest, therefore your hips, your belly, and just breathing in and breathing out. That is doing something rather than nothing. I'm going to ask that you do Something like that. It could be the tennis ball on your foot. You know, we've talked about cat and cow. We've talked about lots of different things. Do something rather than nothing in both respects. So something physical so you actually open up your body so that you can read your body. You breathe into your body. You feel what's going on in your body. And then what am I, what am I conscious of? Am I awake? What am I conscious of? 
am I awake? So continue to breathe and know Wow, I don't know what happened there. Okay, so breathe. Be aware. Know what you're really feeling, how you're really contributing. Be conscious and forgiving, knowing that technical difficulties happen all the time. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you next week.